that's really absolutely just sent a massive shiver down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I rem- like obviously it was done a lot better yeah. than how I just described it, but yeah, I think that is the most terrifying story. <laughs> What's up, witches? It's Jess here, and welcome to this week's episode of True Crime Coven. This week, I am joined by Steve from Haunted UK podcast. So welcome, Steve. Good evening, Jess. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. How's baby? She's good. I kept her awake specifically so that she would sleep through this recording. And And she's not. And she's not, you know. (laughs) Typical. Absolutely typical. She hardly slept yesterday either. We went to the rugby and she was having absolutely none of it. So hopefully she'll stay nice and quiet for us. <laughs> they have their own rules, Jess. They, they, they have do. Their own they rules, do. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast as well? Give yourself a little bit of a plug. Uh, yeah, the Haunted UK podcast came about by complete accident. It oh, was really? only supposed to be. I, I I listened to a podcast, say two years ago, called The Strange Sessions, mm. and they have uh, a kind of a, a listener stories kind of thing. And I sent in something about UFOs. Uh, about Rendlesham Forest. Yeah. There's a piece of information that I know about the aftermath of Rendlesham Forest, which I sent in. And I also got a ghost story, and I just said to the host, Kurt and Krista, do you want do you want me to record it? Do you just want me to write it? And they said, oh, no, record it. That'd be great. So I've oh, got this cool. studio. I mix and master music for bands and musicians and things like mm. that. So I sent this story off, and they came back and said, it's not very often that we get a story that's better produced than our own show. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was really humbled by that. I thought that was that was incredibly kind. And Krista said, there's a podcast in there somewhere, Steve, and you should really try and explore it. Yeah. So about 18 months ago, I had a go. And, and here you I'm are. I'm here now. I am here now, yeah. That's an incredible story. Like, I have to, I do have to say, you do have a, a lovely speaking voice oh, for a podcast. <laughs> but, um you. I mean... Claudia does always take the mick out of my accent all the time. So. Well, it's proper like Bristol, isn't it? <laughs> it is proper Bristol. Yeah. No, I've, got, I've got nothing wrong with a bit of Bristol, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, 18 months going... 18 months, Going yeah. strong, wow. Yeah, 18 months, and I never... I think you're probably the same, you and Claudia are probably the same, that when you yeah. released and thought about your podcast, it's strange to think that people are going to actually listen to it let alone donate money to it let alone yeah. be interested in merchandise for it and you just think and then it, here you amazing. are yeah, yeah. It's, it is it, it's absolutely amazing we actually had this conversation i think last week i'm not sure if it is going to make it to the podcast episode but we were saying how sometimes you forget because because we do it together I forget that I'm not just having a conversation with Claudia and actually people do listen to this. Yeah, I uh, I, I listened to that episode. Was it that it was that might, might have been, been the last week. episode? Yeah, it might have been this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to that episode and I kind of locked onto that and thought, yeah, you're 100% right. You never yeah. you never kind of think that that's actually happening. That, And then you get the emails for listener stories and then... 
Oh, I and love the listener stories. Yeah, that's vast. It's 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 absolutely huge on, yeah. on on my platform. It really, really is. Yeah, yeah, we do love a listener. Like, I mean, obviously we tell the ghost listener ghost stories and yeah. we wouldn't be anywhere without them. So no, thank no. you everyone who sends them. I mean, my kind of format is I'll try to research my episode, my seasons are 10 episodes, nine mm. episodes of those are stuff that I'll research, stuff that I'm kind of invested in, Dudley Castle, things like that, yeah. uh, the haunted house, poltergeist incidents, things like that. Yeah. The last episode, the 10th, is always listener stories, but it's gone from being one episode in the first season, two episodes in the second now three episodes in the third because there was just that many yeah. and i've got that many now before season four's actually been released because i'm on a break yeah i could do probably four maybe five episodes of just listener stories oh wow yeah so it's really taken off yeah it has but That's so you good. two work in an industry that i'm very very interested as far as ghosts are concerned yeah yeah emergency services Yes. Yes, I think they are some of the creepy, creepy, creepiest out there. And because you guys, well, you're faced with, not to make it horrible, but you're faced mm. with death every day, really. Yeah, I think Claudia more so than me, because obviously she works in A&E. Yeah. And, well, at the minute, I was uh, working in pre-op, where you don't get that many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, she, I know Claudia has had some stories, some that she has shared on the podcast and some that I think she's saving for a rainy day. So I think hopefully. those stories are absolutely fascinating. I really yeah. do. I really do. It's, it's a completely different thing for a nurse, a doctor, police officer, a fireman, mm. even somebody in the military to come along and say, yeah, I've seen I've seen something Seems really, like... really strange. I, I really clock onto that. I think that those are fascinating, and I've got oh, it just puts me off <laughs> because I selected <laughs> I selected three stories with nurses in that came from oh, nurses. Really? Uh, yeah, I thought oh, I'm going to put that in. I'll put that in, and then I thought no, cryptids. Cri they like yeah. cryptids. No, so I it's like entirely cryptids. up to you. Yeah, it's entirely up to you. So yeah, I think we're because you've bought a cryptid, we're going to do our usual cryptid sandwich. Okay. So. okay. I've got a couple of ghost stories and you've got a nice cryptid, haven't you? I have, yes. A very, so, very, very good, creepy, oh, creepy cryptid story. Oh, it'd be nice for me to uh, not have to research the cryptid this week. So if you're ready, I'll kick us off with the first ghost story. Fantastic. Let's go. <laughs> so this is a listener story sent in by Skylar. So thank you very much, Skylar. Hi guys, I have lots of ghost stories that I want to tell you about, and most are from my childhood. When I was younger, I had an imaginary friend, and she was this nice old lady. She would always play with me and was happy to go along with whatever I wanted to do. On occasion, she would even suggest doing things that wouldn't have necessarily been appropriate for a small child under 10 years old. As I got older, she started fading away and eventually disappeared. Not too long after that, I was going through some pictures and I saw a picture of the old lady that I thought was my imaginary friend. It was a picture of my grandfather's father's parents. So my great, great, great grandparents. The old lady in the picture looked exactly the same as my imaginary friend from when I was a child. It turns out I was just playing with my great, great, great grandmother. That's... 
that's uh, yeah, that's a bit of a spine tingler. That is yeah. because you get so many people that have imaginary friends as they yeah. are very very young, and it is a very very obviously common belief that imaginary friends are like maybe relatives. Ghosts. Yeah, 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 relatives, yeah. people that are maybe wandering about in the ether, whether whether you know they're trapped or something like that, or. It's it yeah. Imaginary friends are, are, are very 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 strange, very yeah. creepy as well at times. Yeah, I think as well for a, a child to obviously she wouldn't have known her great 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 grandmother. No. So she wouldn't have known that this old lady was a relative to her until she found that picture, which she obviously found after. Which it's a weird one because I think it's quite nice in a way that she got to meet her relative, but very. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's something creepy about. Yeah, there is imaginary um, friends and yeah. and all that. Because you don't necessarily know what your kids are actually seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it their imagination? Is yeah. it a ghost? Because they are definitely more in tune to the supernatural and paranormal oh, than we are. Yeah, a hundred percent. They 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 can definitely seem to pick up on something. It's it's as if I. It's as if the conscious mind, when we get to a certain age, just shuts off and yeah. it, it, it doesn't really tune into these things anymore. Um, yeah. So having that young, fresh mind and the, you know, the, the, the actual not being restricted by the problems that most adults have, bills, houses, cars, yeah. jobs, they don't have that. So they're very, very fresh and free in their minds to, yeah. to, to, to let things in. It's a fascinating, fascinating subject. And just the fact that they haven't had years of people telling them that ghosts aren't real. No. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. don't tell a kid that imagine, like, like that's not real until they say that they've seen it. Yeah. I'll pull on a popular saying from the great Danny Robbins, and I really, yeah. <laughs> really think it's a great saying. If ghosts don't exist, why do people see them? Yeah. It's as simple as that. Surely from all of the evidence, from all of the sightings, not necessarily photographs, because photographs, especially with today's technology, can be can be fake very, very easy. But with yeah. all of these, all of these sightings and all of the cases, surely there's got to be something there. Surely. Um, and I do think it is like if people hadn't have seen things and said things, like you wouldn't have this idea of ghosts in your head anyway. No, you. Do you wouldn't. know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, someone's obviously seen one from somewhere. Like, it, it, it's a story that's come from something, and I always think s stories come from some sort of truth. Yeah, they do. Um, again, you can go... Uh, it, it's it's the same case for, I suppose, cryptids in a way. Somebody yeah. saw something that looked like Bigfoot or that they identified as this strange hair-covered, you know, yeah. giant... Yeah, uh, so there's some truth ape. in it there's somewhere. There's got to be, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, 100%. It always fascinates me as well why they lock into certain people and why they lock into certain places. Yeah. Are they just replaying stone tape theory kind of thing? Are they just replaying these events over and over and over again? Or is there a consciousness there? Is there mm. really something that can decide where it's going to go? 
And again, I think this was in one of your episodes with a chap very, 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 very up on Bristol. I think that was one of um, Claudia's episodes yeah, yeah, while I was yeah. off, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that, they were they were talking about how how certain spirits can seem to actually haunt various different places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that's fascinating as well. How can they travel? Or is is it a fact of a stone type theory event recorded in that building, then another one recorded in another building? And if you're yeah. susceptible, you'll play them off and, and set, set that actually going. Yeah. And I think you do definitely have to be open-minded about it like you do need to have some sort of gift yes with the paranormal yeah yeah Yeah. definitely to trigger that event off there has to be some yeah there has to be some sort of way to trigger these people will go through their entire lives my dad was the same he didn't believe in ghosts he didn't believe in the paranormal he did not he would always say put me in a haunted house anywhere in the country and i won't see anything Oh really? Yeah, one hundred percent. He was he was always always like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he ever would have seen anything. If if you probably because he had the yeah. blinders almost yeah, because he was so firmly didn't believe. Yes. Yeah. If you're that shut off. Yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna see something if you're that closed minded about yeah. it. Yeah, I, so, I think that. I do. Yeah. Think that. Personally, I've never had an experience but i'm also one of those people who i think it's scarier to not believe in ghosts and to think that there's nothing after death right so for for me although i've never personally seen a ghost the thought of ghosts being real is less scary than there being nothing yeah i can get that yeah i'm a strange case in the fact that i'm an open-minded atheist okay yeah right so yeah I think the main thing that I try to shoot for with the show is, and for for the story that you've just told, that particular person has had an experience, and that's yeah. very, very special, and that yeah. should be respected one hundred percent. Oh, because, definitely. Yeah, they they've had they've had the balls, if you like, to come forward and say, yeah, I saw this, I experienced yeah. this, and this is this is what happened. This is this actually happened to me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very, very mindful of, of, of people and their experiences, and I, I always treat it with respect, always, yeah, always. definitely. It's funny, because um, even after all these episodes and all the ghost stories, our editor is still a firm non-believer. non-believer. Right, yeah. OK. Yeah. Simon, how dare you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> he gets a lot of stick from me and Claudia for it, especially because Claudia has obviously had experiences of her own. Can you stop with my microphone, Orla? Um, yeah, she, uh, she's had experiences, her dad has and her mum has as well, and they've all sent in their experiences. So they're obviously a very spiritual family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, an in-tune family. It's... Is it is is the whole paranormal thing an area of science that we just have not discovered and we don't yet understand? And that's where I think I put it. I just okay, don't. Okay, that's a good just, way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, I just don't think science has the ability yet to mm. understand exactly what's what's happening here. Because in in a certain way, you can get locked into the life after death thing. Well, if you're an atheist, you don't believe in life after death. But if there are yeah. cross dimensions, say where because uh, again according to according to mainstream science there are different elements of time that run concurrent well if one of those elements can pass through to another 
you've you have you have effectively got a ghost. Ghost, yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, it might not. Ghost might not always be someone who's deceased. It could just be someone yeah. from another. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like from a, a, yeah. From another time. In in, yeah. a, in a sense. And, yes. In another yeah. time. Yeah. Many different just, ways to try and explain it. Yeah. God, God, we, I feel like we could do a real deep dive into this. We could definitely we? do a deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> we could so be here all night. Yeah, let's go for night. about four hours now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing with um, talking about ghosts and the paranormal and stuff. People don't want to research it as well because I think people are scared of what they would find if they started. I also think they don't want to put their reputations on the line. Yeah. And I really that, believe yeah. that. I think because everyone, yeah. everyone will think they're a bit of a laughing stock because they're like, "Oh, you believe in ghosts?" Yeah, I kind mean, of thing. Yeah, I've got. I'll let you into a little bit of a secret, Jess. I've got a listener story that's going to. There is. There's a few listener stories that I've turned into full episodes. Yeah. Because the detail was so deep, it was so vast that they needed a full episode. Oh wow! To do them justice, the first episode of season three, which has just closed, yeah, was incredibly disturbing and if that was real if that couple had those things happen it was very disturbing but i'm excited to catch up because i'm one of those people i listen to podcasts from the beginning so i am like just coming to the end of season one so i'm very excited for season three now so what you'll get you're probably going to get a bit of a shift and a bit of a change now because the show starts to get a bit bigger then there's a couple there's an advert here and a a promotion thing there There, with the the boo pod network um which i mentioned again if you're if you and claudia are interested that's always something that again could work for for the for the the two of you and your show um definitely yeah and then it changes again in season three and then i think it's took me that long to find my feet and to oh, yeah yeah and to settle on kind of a format that i really really like and i had this amazing woman come on board by the name of marie waller who literally offered me her services for free she's a copy proof editor and a script yeah. editor and she's training to do this for a living she's a secondary school english teacher at the moment oh and wow so real change of careers yeah so and she offered to edit my scripts for free and oh, we've wow. been doing that since almost the last part, last two or three episodes of season three. And mm. she makes an amazing difference. Just a couple of sentences of my rubbish, she'll, <laughs> she'll alter it and just turn it into pure gold. Um, but the only disadvantage is she knows what's in season four because she's edited all of it now. All of it, yeah. yeah. So oh, so she's she ruined the surprise for she, herself, yeah, really. Yeah, she still finds it fascinating. <laughs> but going back to this one story, I have had a story in that really really i can remember sitting in this studio reading it it was Mm. late at night and i've just got like some christmas lights that go along the speakers and things like that yeah and i'm sitting there reading this thing and there's a section in it that absolutely chilled the living crap out of me it really really did and it's it absolutely really stuck with me and it still sticks with me now but that's going to come in season five so you'll all have to wait for that one oh so you've got to wait even longer for that one to come out (laughs) yeah there's a long wait for that oh okay well what eagerly await it (laughs) it will be worth the wait jess on uh, yeah 100 serious it'll be worth the wait it's very creepy very creepy oh god okay so don't listen at night um (laughs) is the key takeaway i'm gonna take from this yeah yeah I mean, normally I listen while I'm on a walk 
because um, I can't listen to true crime while I'm walking because then I'm always constantly looking over my shoulder. Yeah. But you... similarly, I can't listen to ghost stories before bed. So <laughs> You two tread a very, very good line, actually, because it's incredibly difficult to do true crime well. And you do mm. both do it very well. Oh, thank you. You do. Um, and you're, you're, you're in amongst some big hitters out there, you know, red-handed yeah. people like that. And yeah. yeah, you do a very, very good job. And it's difficult to balance the victim and the killer because... Yeah, that's what we find. You want to yeah. give the victim justice, but also a lot of the information that you find is all about the killer or the person who's committed yeah. the crime, whatever the crime may be. Because we do try and cover other things, not just murder. And we try and do different non-mainstream things. I yeah, think that yeah. makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Like, we're not going to come in and do some of, like, the really big the ones dharmas. that other... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That have been because done to death, really, now. Yeah, because no, like, no one's going to listen to a little independent podcast do what Netflix has just done. So <laughs> no, <laughs> we try and steer 100% away. 100% right, yeah. And I think in our little perverse world, really, people are still fascinated by how bad some of these people actually were. And Oh, God, yeah, yeah definitely. They, they all are. But so it's a very, very fine line that you have to walk. And you do yeah. do very, very well. You should, you should oh, give yourselves you. a, a pat on the back for it. It's very difficult with true crime. Yeah. Yeah, we have... Um, that. I think that's one of the reasons why Claudia did a few different episodes, because she felt it was actually quite hard to do like murder case after murder case after murder case and all of the poor victims just don't always have a story. So that's why we did some slightly different ones. And again, I can imagine that kind of sticks in your heads as well. Yeah, When you're doing nothing but digesting, as you say, murder after murder after murder and victim after victim after victim. There's there's definitely a bit of backlash that you're going to get from yourselves really as if to say yeah. I'm going to have to walk away from this it's a bit too much now and let's do something about Bigfoot instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just do yeah something a bit different yeah uh, I, I, uh, obviously sorry. we do every other week as well yeah so which makes it a lot easier for the both of us sorry all is just chewing that's my finger right. that's that's the noise <laughs> I do exactly the same thing every other week because obviously we've all got full-time jobs which oh, is God, someone yeah. like uncanny they don't have to yeah yes I, I love yeah. Danny Robbins but yeah he doesn't have to do that he's a very very oh. busy man and he does an incredible job but yeah wouldn't wouldn't the dream to be doing this full-time oh. and not have to work for the yeah. NHS in between 100 percent 100 percent but again, the same as you were saying about your episodes, I tend to try and do the same with not going for the big hitters. The, yeah. You know, all the big, big poltergeist cases. The Yeah, things that have been done before yeah. are a little bit, yeah. yeah. There is one I am going to tackle in season five, and that's the Enfield poltergeist. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. want to deep dive into that. I do find it fascinating. I do think probably 40, maybe 50% of it was faked. But there was definitely something going on there. But again, it's like what we said earlier. There's always going to be some truth. There has to be something there in the first place. It does, All right, yeah. 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 They might have hyped it and like amplified it, but there was something in the first instance for them to go for it. Yeah, there definitely was. So that's that's one of the big ones that I'm going to go for. But I tend to do what you guys do and go for the off the path kind of stuff and yeah yeah dig things up that people have not heard of so often yeah oh nice 
<laughs> With that, do you want to go into your cryptid that you've bought? Now, you're going to love this. Yeah, you're going to absolutely love this. So <laughs> I'm based in the West Midlands in a little town called Hales Owen. Okay. So we're going to go back to 1984 into a park in the West Midlands. Bordering this particular park is a large cemetery, and both of these locations attracted a small group of four teenage friends. Now, the plan was that they were all going to stay over at one of their parents' houses in a tent in the back garden. In the middle of the night, they would all go over to the park, mess around on the climbing frames, roam around the small woodland, and then finally, they'd climb the wall into the cemetery and look for ghosts. So now let's face it, as teenagers, we've all done similar things to this. So it's not unusual to hear of friends plotting to do these things. After a few weeks of parent persuading, the four friends had a garden to pitch their tent in. And on a Saturday night, they carried out their plan. The chosen Saturday soon arrived and the group all gathered at the house to pitch their tent and get their sleeping bags ready. Now, the parents of the teenager whose house and garden they were staying in cooked some chicken and chips and things like that for the group and then literally left them to it. Now, the ground rules, quite obvious, no noise because of neighbours, no trying to buy alcohol and getting drunk, and definitely no leaving the garden in the night and roaming the streets. So you know exactly what's going to happen. So they had a key to get into the back door for toilet breaks and in case the weather turned bad. All the lights in the house and surrounding houses slowly went out until there was darkness. As the night crept into the early hours, the occasional car would be heard, but apart from that, the area was finally quiet. And now was the time to get out. To make the atmosphere even more spooky, a mist had descended, giving the entire area a hazy, eerie feel. And after around about an hour of messing around in the park, they decided to make their way to the cemetery wall. Now, it was around 3.15 in the morning and very cold, so the boys needed to keep moving to keep warm. The wall of the cemetery was bordered by a number of very large holly bushes which had been cut and sculpted to look like bullet-type shapes that were standing on their ends. So the bushes were estimated to be around 12 feet in diameter and very dense. As the group neared the bushes and the wall, they noticed that one of the bushes was moving, as if there was something inside the cover of its branches. Then they heard a series of noises that sounded like something was eating something. They all stayed quiet for a few minutes, and then they were absolutely horrified to see that moving from the cover of the holly bush and moving towards the woodland, was an animal that was around six feet tall, covered with dark gray hair, with a large dog-like snout, walking on two legs. To say that the teenagers were scared was an understatement, and unable to contain the panic anymore, one of the group ran for the cemetery wall to get as far away from whatever this creature was. The rest of the group quickly followed, climbing the wall and running between the gravestones, heading for the main gates and back to the road. Behind them, they heard a low growling noise and looking back, they saw that the creature had now cleared the cemetery wall and was now running after them. The boys, to get to the gates, they got to the gates as quickly as possible, climbed over, dropped onto the pavement and ran across the road. One of them said that they thought they saw the creature change direction and run back towards the park, but they didn't stick around to find out. They ran back to the house, used the key and spent the rest of the night in the you know, with the doors locked. And they all stayed away from the park for a long, long time, making excuses when other friends wanted to cut through or meet up. They never saw the creature again. But maybe another person did. 
So this is where the story continues. So this goes on to a chap called Jamie who was celebrating his 21st birthday at a surprise party which had been organised by his mother. He'd been asked to go to a social club where his mother worked to give her a hand. Jamie cycled everywhere on his BMX and it was a huge passion of his and he was regularly seen at local bike and skate parks. He arrived with his bike and as he made his way into the main function room the surprise was sprung and the party began. Jamie wasn't that much of a big drinker and by the end of the night he was pretty much sober. He also had work in the morning, damn, and told his mother that he would make his own way home. Jamie's mum stayed at the function room with a few friends and tidied up as she didn't want to have to do all of this in the morning. It was just after midnight and not far from the social club was a disused railway line which had been used by walkers, joggers and cyclists for years. This traffic-free pathway was also great. It was a great shortcut for Jamie to get back home very quickly and at this time of night the chances of people being on it were very low. Jamie cycled along a pathway that led downhill to the railway trail then he relaxed as he pedalled along. The trail was flanked both sides by steep high banks of trees and bushes and these did a very, very good job of not only blocking a lot of the street lighting out, but also drowning out most of the road noise. So wanting a cigarette, Jamie stopped, got his lighter and cigarettes out of his pocket, lit one up, then casually carried on. As he pedalled along, he noticed around a few hundred feet away a large dark shape move out of the bushes and cross the pathway and disappear into the undergrowth on the opposite side. Jamie slowed to a crawl, not sure what to make of the figure that he'd just seen. Was it a large dog or a person? He wasn't too bothered by this at first. After all, he was a confident young man who knew how to look after himself. He also knew the area very well and he wasn't too far away from where he could get off the trail and back onto the road not far from his home. The trail began to get much wider as Jamie approached the remains of an old station platform and also the location of where the figure had moved across the pathway. Jamie slowed down, almost to a stop, when he heard movement coming from the bushes to his left. He called out to ask what it was, or who it was. He wasn't scared, uh, you know, at the fact that whoever was going to come out. He wasn't really too bothered about it and asked who it was in there to stop messing around. He went closer to the bushes, crouched down to see if he could find out who was in there. And this is what he told his family and friends that he saw. As I knelt down to peer into the bushes, I was met with a pair of yellow eyes with black pupils. I've never seen anything like those eyes in my life, and I never want to see them again. As I backed away, a low growling noise came from the bushes. I fell over my bike, then quickly picked it up and began pedalling like mad. So as he sped along, he briefly looked back to see what looked like a huge dog running after him. Now, real panic was beginning to set in and Jamie needed to either get off the trail or lose whatever this animal was. There was quite a tight bend in the trail coming up quickly, so Jamie just decided to plunge himself into the undergrowth, ditch the bike and scramble up the bank to the fence above, which he knew led to a bridge that went back across the railway trail. His lungs were absolutely on fire as he used every ounce of strength to get up the bank, over the fence and onto the bridge, where he could look down onto the trail. And this was what he said he saw, and he couldn't believe what he actually saw. It was a large, dark figure covered in what looked like dark grey hair, walking on all fours. It came to a stop, then seemed to sniff the air as if it was trying to pick up his scent. It made its way over to Jamie's bike, again trying to pick up a scent. 
Now, Jamie said that this thing was huge and wasn't like any type of dog that he'd ever seen before. According to him, the creature then let out what sounded like a loud growl mixed with a human-sounding scream. Every hair on Jamie's body stood on end, but it was what happened next that finally struck terror deep inside him. Jamie watched in terrified amazement as the creature on the trail stood up onto two legs, turned to face the direction where it had originally come from, and then began to run at incredible speed into the darkness until it disappeared from sight. There was no way that Jamie was going back down onto the trail to retrieve his BMX. He ran the rest of the way home, locked himself inside his room until he heard, until he heard his mother come home, and days turned into weeks. Everybody in Jamie's life knew there was something badly wrong. He would only go to work and come straight back home. He wouldn't use his bike anymore, choosing instead to get his mother to drive in places and pick him up. He wouldn't meet friends, wouldn't socialize, wouldn't get involved with family get-togethers, absolutely nothing. Eventually, he opened up to his mother and a very few close friends what he'd seen on that railway trail that night. Many thought that he'd actually been attacked on that night or been the victim of an attempted mugging. After all, it was two of his closest friends that had to go back to the trail and retrieve his BMX days after the incident. So, what was the creature that he witnessed? On two separate occasions now, in a relatively small area, whatever it was, sightings of this mysterious and frightening creature have been documented in many other areas of the UK. And there you have it, Jess. Wow. And that was probably six miles away from where I live. Oh, that, oh my God, that's actually quite creepy. Yeah, and it was uh, an old railway trail that is now a, it's the the tram system, the metro. They built the metro there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's the, that that runs part through of that, that railway trail. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it sounded like just having to cycle down that trail was quite creepy Yeah. anyway, yeah. regardless of... A creature jumping out of you but to me that sounds kind of like werewolfy yeah that's exactly the kind of thing that i thought again absolutely fascinated yeah. by werewolf cryptid type animals watched american yeah. werewolf in london way too young <laughs> and it absolutely disturbed the living crap out of me so oh, I bet. yeah I bet. Uh, but yeah I, I love yeah. those two stories, especially when I started researching them and finding just how close to each other the proximity of the sightings was. It's quite, it's quite frightening. Oh, they really? Yeah, they really are. The cemetery, um, again, yeah. I, I drive past the cemetery almost on a daily basis. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, and you can... Um, it would have had to have been seen. Whatever the creature was, it would have yeah. had to have been seen to get to the railway line. But, oh okay yeah. so it yeah yeah probably was the same thing considering it, how close they were yeah definitely i think it was but again yeah what do you believe this is what i ask the listeners it's all down yeah. to your perception and what you really believe but those two well that that the group of kids and obviously that that young man they definitely mm. saw something yeah and i think sometimes you can get away with saying oh it was just a big dog until it stands up on its two back legs and runs away from <laughs> yeah. you. No, that ain't no dog. <laughs> yeah, no. So that's where it's like gets a bit harder to um, give it like a, a rational explanation. Yeah. It's the eyes of, as well. It's, yeah, the, the it's glowing the yellow eyes. Yeah. That would have. I feel like every cryptid has either glowing yellow or glowing red eyes. Yeah, and they they've got 
especially Bigfoot, incredibly creepy yeah. eye shine. Very, yeah. very strange eye shine. Yeah. I mean, we've we covered Owlman in the last episode yep. and he had... Yeah. He was in a, a cemetery with glowing red eyes. Yeah, he also so. had strange ankles as well. Oh, God. Me and Claudia got very <laughs> hung up on the ankles. Yeah, these monstrously <laughs> Just... long ankles. <laughs> I think, obviously, in my head, I saw... Um, like, Well, I'd seen the photo of the sketches of the owl man anyway, but obviously, have you seen um, an owl when they lift the feathers up yes. and you see how long their legs yes. are? Yeah, yeah. I think... <laughs> That's why we got. That's why we found the ankles so funny. Cause, bless them, owls do have very funny little legs. Poor little buggers. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I was thinking. Um, when you said about the boys camping out in the garden, yeah, I was like, oh god, I remember doing that as a teenager. I did as well. Yeah, that we had a um. So, the school that I went to used to be in two parts. And one part got closed down and we used to, a lot of our, mine and my friend's houses, gardens backed onto the field um, or front gardens faced it. So we used to camp there a lot as teenagers, but never, never wandered into a graveyard and saw a werewolf. And what so, are, of all the places to actually go and see something like that, they go and they go and mosey around into a graveyard. But I did that as well. Yeah. I can remember doing yeah. something like that as well. And then you just think about what a lunatic I was. <laughs> I know some of the, like I watched a um, horror film the other day, and I was like, oh, don't go in the basement. But I was like, actually, you know what? I've been You'd that have gone person. In the yeah. yeah, who goes into the basement. Um, and again, we've spoken about it, but I'm not sure. I, th I think it was last week talking about me and Claudia, some of the silly things we did, like me and like going into attics in uni houses when they say don't go in the attic. And we're like, well, why aren't we allowed in there? Um, it's one of those places that invites you in and you just simply can't resist yeah. going in there. Attics, yeah. spooky, graveyards, basements, spooky. basements ultra spooky. Yeah. yeah, very, very yeah. ultra spooky. The, yeah, there's something about all those places. Even churches I find quite spooky. Cold as well. Yeah, very yeah, cold. cold. Yeah, very cold. Beautiful buildings, but yeah, yeah. you kind of get... Mm, Lovely architecture, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, something very creepy. Very, very creepy. So yeah, what do you think? Do you Are you on the same hunch as me that you think it was a werewolf? Or do you have your own theory? I, I've got to admit, this kind of thing, it can go in a few different directions, really. It could be werewolf. Yeah. It could also be um, a skinwalker. Mm. Oh, yeah. Skinwalkers have the same kind of descriptive qualities as this thing yeah. that these 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 guys saw obviously skinwalkers are more native american indian kind of folklore and stuff but but doesn't mean they can't be in the uk or europe no no I th and i think that's one of the really scary frightening things people can you know you can have your mass murderers or you can have your amateurville horrors and things like that mm. i think some of the really scary stuff frightening stuff is when you are you're in a building that's been built on something like a very very ancient burial ground or something that's yeah. been used in 
worship of some sort of very ancient deity that goes back thousands of years and there's all this legendary mm. stuff about creatures being able to morph from this kind of you know belief system that they had and there are you know many many um, pieces of uh, architecture through archaeology that people have found and uh, you know um what would you call them, like amulets and things like that, that represent these strange, strange creatures that these people have beliefs in. And I think that's yeah. really, really creepy. There's a great, great podcast, again, on BBC Sounds called... Um, it's something to do with In the Shadow of Onsmouth. Have you heard of that? Oh, OK. No, yeah. I'm, start, I'm starting to scratch the surface of BBC Sounds podcasts. Yeah, if you look, search, search for the In the Shadow of Onsmouth, I think it's called. Okay. But there are three series, so obviously mm. go from the very first. But that deals with these um, very, very old deities and bringing something back from another dimension that they believed in. And there are groups, yeah. these strange kind of, I suppose, like satanic groups that worship these things and try to open that portal to get something back in and it's very very well done and it's uh, it, that they, they've done a lot of research proper research from iraq and things like that where oh, all wow. of the, yeah it's really it is very good it's, it's in the shadow of yeah. Omsworth, i think it's called but i might be wrong should have a have a search for that that's a good one yeah i'll, I'll um definitely have a look into that one i know what you mean by it being creepy though because as you said like these people worshipping something, trying to open the portal. It's like, it's the same as the opening the portal for like Ouija boards as well. Like, you don't know what you're letting through. No, you don't. Like, you're not just letting through the spirit or the, I don't know, what they're searching for. Um, but anything can come through, good or bad. And I think that's the scary part of it. Yeah, there's also, if, if you... It, especially, I suppose, in antique stores or from mm. some of these, you know, um, maybe auctions and things like that, if you actually get hold of a very old Ouija board, you have no idea what's actually attached to that Ouija board. Whether you believe yeah. it or not, if you do believe it, you can take that home, innocently have a few drink drinks with, the, you know, some of the girls and things like that, get the glass of wine on there, start moving around. You've got no idea what has actually been attached yeah. to that Ouija board. Definitely. And that's quite frightening. Yeah, one of the subjects I did at um, GCSE level was, um, it was basically, they tried to rebrand religious studies and they called it philosophy philosophy and ethics with religion. Yeah. Um, so I took it because I really enjoyed the teacher and had a lot of respect for him. And he... Because he wouldn't just be like, oh, Christianity, blah, blah, blah. He was a pagan himself, so he taught a lot of, like, pagan um, traditions and yeah, everything. Yeah. And one day we did a um, lesson on Ouija boards. And I will just always remember him saying, like, you think that was, like, over 10 years ago now. And I will still remember him to this day, like, saying, if you ever decide to do a Ouija board, just make sure you do three things it's like never do it on somewhere that you know is like a burial ground oh, or no, someone no, has no. died no. so never normally do it there and he said never do it in your own house and i was like yep good and always say goodbye yes yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah um 
oh, can I just quickly relate a story from season one? Listen yeah, to stories. Ahead. I won't go into the detail of it. You'll you'll be yeah, able to go listen. ahead. And it was I think it, I think they were twins. They sent this story in. I think they were twins. It was brother and sister, and they were alone mm. for a weekend with a few friends round. And they weren't these kind of teenagers that you know just got bottles of vodka in and got absolutely yeah. hammered and smashed the place up. They were very very respectful. They had a few drinks mm. and they were you know, just going to watch some TV and things like that. I can't remember how many of them there were, probably six. One of them had a Ouija board and got it to the house and they did this Ouija board session, opened it up, started the glass moving around. And I think it spelt something that really, it meant something to one of them. I can't exactly remember the the, the full story, but it disturbed them and they wanted to stop. And they said, no, I, I, yeah. I don't want to carry on with this. I don't like where this is going. So they stopped it. So they have a few more drinks, maybe watch a bit of TV. They all go to bed and they're there. There's a couple of them on the couch. You know, there's others in their rooms and things like that. And Mm. the male twin wakes up in the middle of the night and hears something downstairs. Hears someone moving around downstairs. So he goes downstairs thinking that it's one of the friends, maybe. And as he walks past the dining room door towards the kitchen, he out of the corner of his eye, he notices someone standing there further back in the dining room so he he moves back and looks in the dining room and sees his twin sister just standing there staring at him and he calls her name and i think it's i think she was lizzie and he's saying lizzie you okay you okay and she smiles at him and he said the gums in her mouth were black and he got Really, really, dis- really disturbed. I've got goosebumps. I've got goosebumps yeah, now. Was, yeah, I've got yeah. goosebumps. The gums in her it. mouth were black, and as he started to back away from the door, he heard somebody say, "What are you doing downstairs?" He turned, and it was his sister. Oh God! And there was nobody in the dining room, and they were absolutely one hundred percent confident that whatever was attached to that Ouija board. I suppose, in a sense, Dave. was creating doppelgangers and was yeah. maybe trying to lure them into a sense of security and then, well, God knows. That that was yeah, yeah that was a creepy one. That was oh, a creepy God, one. Oh, God, yeah, that's given me goosebumps. But then I always think one of the scariest stories, I think I read it on Reddit, um, was someone is like, just that, I, it's, I think it's not famous but quite well known of the whole... Um, hearing your mum calling you from upstairs and then as you walk, your mum peers out from her bedroom and goes, or all the front room and is like, I heard that too, don't go up there. Because part of me is always like, well, how... It's always like the which one's which. Is it my mum calling me or are you impersonating my mum? That whole, like... That's really absolutely just sent a massive shiver down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... yeah. I rem- like obviously it was done a lot better yeah. than how I just described it, but yeah, I think that is the most terrifying story because I'm like, how would you know? You, Do you know what I mean? Like, you w- part of me is always like, I I would know if it was my mum, but would, would you? you? Yeah, would you? And you must be kind of psychic the story that i said to you about earlier that uh, is going to be an episode in season five there yeah. is an element exactly like that in it and oh, oh my god no, it is really frightening considering that the girl involved was 12 at the time oh my god and it's i think 30 30 
two years or 30 years later, she's retelling oh. this story and there is one section in it. Well, there's there's a few sections. The last one yeah. is the worst. But there's... Oof. Just to give spoilers because... Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you, you've drawn me in now. It's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah, we might as well just... <laughs> let's just go through the night. Um, so uh, there was a section in it. It all revolves quickly. It all revolves around a piece of furniture. Her father was an antiques dealer and he brings this mm. piece of furniture back from a house clearance from an old lady's house. And it's quite a big old bit of furniture this is and spoiler it's a wardrobe it's a huge dark heavy ornately carved wardrobe and her father just fell in love with this thing but he didn't Mm. want to sell it in the shop he wanted it in the house so he brings it home puts it in their spare bedroom they they lived in a a village in the Cotswold so it was very kind of they were very kind of well off um and imagine it fitted in quite well with the rest of their house yeah and Things started to happen. As soon as this wardrobe got into the, the house, things started to happen. And they started to increase in, t- in intensity over the course of roughly 10 months, uh, this, mm. this, this particular person's been telling me in this story. Um, as I say, we've gone back and forth and we've developed it into a full episode. But one of the things that she said was she, her bedroom boarded the, the spare bedroom. They shared a main wall and the wardrobe was up against that main wall. And in the night, she would hear knocking coming from the wall. So she would, again, every now and then, she would get out of bed thinking that somebody was in the room. And she heard this banging coming from the room. So she goes into the spare bedroom, and there is no bed in there. It's a sofa bed. It's quite a big room. And she said there was a sofa bed against the opposite wall to the wall where the wardrobe was. And she said there was nobody else awake. The house was in darkness, but the curtains in the spare bedroom were open and the light coming in from the night was enough to illuminate the room. And she said, I just stood there in front of the wardrobe. Don't know why, but I just stood there staring at it. No idea why I was attracted to standing there staring at it. Then there was a bang and it was so loud and so forceful that she said it moved the door. And she, she's standing there petrified and she said, I just couldn't move. I was absolutely rooted to the spot. Oh my God, I bet. And it was a wardrobe with two sets of double doors and they were both locked with the keys in them. And I think it was the right hand side. She stood there staring and watched the key turn from the out. She, so she's watching the key turn on the outside. So yeah. something inside is moving the key to unlock the, the door. And out stepped her mom. Oh my God. God. And she asked her, Oh my god, I've got really goosebumps. But this 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 really oh. destroys me. This story does. Yeah, so yeah, I've got yeah, goosebumps. Out as well. stepped her <laughs> mother and the person telling the story, who are called, we agreed on the name Libby. So Libby had said straight away, looking at her, there was something wrong. There was just yeah. something wrong. She stepped out of the wardrobe and said, what are you doing in here? And Libby said, I was just absolutely petrified. And she said, I went to say something like, I thought I heard some noise and I just, and she said, my mum just, well, whoever this thing was, cut me off and just went, you shouldn't be in here, go to bed. So this Libby said, I walked past her, straight to the bedroom door, opened it, closed it and literally leaned up against my bedroom door and this is the really creepy thing oh, God. she said I could 
feel my mom's presence pressing up against the door on the outside, pressing up against the door. And she whispered through the door, I can hear you and you need to go to bed. So she said, I got into bed, pulled my covers over me and I was fully expecting my mom or whatever this thing was to come into my room and it didn't. And she said it took her hours to fall asleep. She woke up to bright sunshine, went downstairs. Her mother, if it was her, had absolutely no recollection, was cooking Sunday dinner while her father was outside in the garden, and things got worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I cannot wait for this episode to come out now, because if that's the start of it, I've got such bad goosebumps. It really petrified me. And there's, 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 there's... I've got I've got a little tiny ghost story that I've actually this is nurse related but again if you guys want to you know if you guys want to call it a day that's fine we're going 50 odd minutes no, now, I mean I'm I mean I am fully enjoying the other ghost stories but I was going to say I was thinking about it because obviously now that I'm a mum yes um if all ever does something like to do with ghosts i'm going to try and encourage it because obviously that's the person i am to the point where it's not too scary but also i was like thinking of the being on the other end of the stick like if there was something in our house impersonating me i was like oh my god how would i convince my daughter would she know how would she tell who was who was me and who was the imposter how would she tell yeah. The only way that that girl said that she knew that something was wrong was the voice. It was mm. how she said those words to her, and it just petrified her. She had never seen her mother look. Her eyes, she said, there was just there was just something about them. It, something it was just wrong. very, very, very off, mm. very off. Yeah. So I've we've got a a sleep paralysis one, oh. and um is actually my sister-in-law and she said that she's had a the reason she realized that she had sleep paralysis and night terrors was because one of the first like demons or whatever she saw was her mum just stood at the end of the bed smiling at her that's horrible (laughs) yeah and again but she was like i knew it wasn't my mum so was there something was there something that she was so when she saw her mum smiling did was there characteristics of a mum that she's looking at and it was frightening her? So she said she was dressed as if she... She she said she described it as she was dressed as if she was, like, going to church. Right, OK. Which she said they don't normally do. But she was, like, she was just too happy. And she's like, I know that's a weird thing to say. She was like, but it was three o'clock in the morning and she was stood at the end of my bed smiling at that's me. That's a creepy thing to say. Yeah, and didn't speak to her, was just stood smiling at her. And she was like, that's just... Yeah, that's giving me I shivers. Knew it wasn't my mum. <laughs> no, that's giving me shivers. Yeah. yeah. That's a no. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, that is it's a straight a no. like, nope. nope. And then she was like, and then I went back to sleep. And I was like, how? Yeah, how could, <laughs> how could you sleep? I'd have locked myself in a bathroom or something like that. <laughs> there is yeah, no way I'd have I'd come have been out. like... I'd been. I would have got in my mum's bed so that I'm like, well, if she reappears, then I know. Yeah, that's even creepier, it, actually. Yeah. Because what if you couldn't wake your mum up? Oh God! That's even, I didn't even yeah, think that's about even, that. That's even worse. You're yeah. lying next to your mum. This other thing walks into your room, 
how do you wake your mum up and what if she doesn't wake up? What if she, oh my God. Not dead, but you know what I mean? What if she's but, yeah, so yeah, yeah, deep yeah, asleep? She's like, oh, yeah, stop yeah, yeah. it. And yeah, you're thinking, like, oh, man, oh, you really God. need to wake up now. You really need to wake oh, up now. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> terrifying. But it got worse after that. And the last thing... Oh, my thing, God, that's horrible. The last thing that happened in there really, really spooked me. <gasps> really properly spooked me. Because I just cannot imagine the terror that that girl went through. I really oh, cannot ima- imagine the, the, ter- the sheer terror that... The, I mean, that she went if that's it. the start of it, yeah. and that has terrified me, and if it only gets worse, I already feel for this girl. I think the other, th- like, I think the other thing was as well, Jess, that as stuff was going along, none of them were talking about it, so they were all having their individual mm. experiences, but none of them were saying anything until years after it all ended, and it was only then. Oh, really? Yeah, it was only so, there, there was a particular there was a particular happening, an event that happened to a mother which was very disturbing for her. And what she saw happen to her mom really upset her. And she had to go to hospital for stitches. Oh, my God. It turned violent. And... Oh, my God. She would not tell her daughter what had actually actually happened in that room on her own, trying to put clothes into this wardrobe. And something she happened. But she told her yes, now, yeah, or is, yeah, yeah, but not at yeah, the time. And it's bloody petrifying. Oh my god! So as you're telling me all these absolutely horrific stories, yes. so obviously I have Orla in my arms now, but I had intended to put her in her cot, <laughs> so I've got her um her baby monitor there, and it always oh they're gonna get glare, but it always creeps me out looking in her baby monitor when she's not in the bed or even if she is in the bed baby monitors just creep me yeah, out yeah they do you hear so many things where you'll just hear something whispering over the baby monitor or yeah i mean mine's muted <laughs> yeah yeah because luckily she's only in the room next door so i can hear her but yeah not see her yeah very creepy baby monitors mm the other thing that's really creepy on mine is mine tells me the temperature which oh, don't might not me. sound creepy but i mean never happened but i'm just dreading Cold like one day yeah like right now it's 19 degrees yeah. nice and warm but if it suddenly dropped down to like five i would be like there's something badly wrong oh. here <laughs> yeah yeah i mean luckily my cat's asleep in that room at the minute and i think my cat would pick up on it before yeah Something happened yeah, as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, I don't think our two cats would pick up on anything. They just pick up on food. That's about <laughs> it, really. Food would just be really loud. One of my cats would pick up on it. The other one, I mean, he's just. Is it... they're completely different cats. Like he's part. They don't know if he's part ragdoll or Maine Coon, but he's like really, really placid. He he lets all up, hit him, pull his fur out everything yeah. he's five kilograms yeah. in weight he's massive whereas our other cat she's a little black cat looks like a witch's cat she's two and a half kilograms and vicious <laughs> so oh and deadly vicious okay she doesn't like people <laughs> so that's very strange because we've got the same cats then so oh yeah, yeah. we've got a brother and sister both tabbies the male again looks like part mancoon part ragamuffin 
very yeah. long-haired, big bushy foxy tail. Again, yeah. placid as anything. You can roll him round, have him on your lap. He just will not move. He loves his fuss. His, his name's Rhubarb. Uh, little <sighs> female cat, Doobie-Doo. She is the most dangerous animal in the world. Forget great white sharks, <laughs> tigers, lions, that, any, that bears. Forget that. No, she's uh, no, the most dangerous animal yeah. in the world. <laughs> so do we have another ghost story? We do. So I've actually got another part of Skylar's story. Okay. So she sent another one from when she was um, a child. Right, okay. So... Right, you're going to go back to sleep. Come on. <laughs> okay. Ow. Hey guys, Skylar here again with a few more ghosty stories from my childhood. When I was younger, depending on where I was, I could feel someone watching me at all times. This was after my imaginary friend was gone, and it didn't feel like a nice presence. My TV would randomly turn on, my door would open and close by itself, and my blinds would move. And before you ask, it couldn't have been the wind, as this was far too significant of a movement. The creepiest thing of all was sometimes I could feel someone breathing down my neck. Now, the house I grew up in was not built on a burial ground or anything that was considered haunted. And here in the US, as far as I know, if there is a death on the property within the last 10 years before it went on the market, the sellers are legally required to disclose that information. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Um, but she says that is the house she grew up in and she swears that it's haunted so although nothing was ever disclosed as anyone dying there or passing there yeah. she could always feel that something something moving yeah. it's the breathing down the neck that's horrible yeah it's the atmosphere feel, isn't it yeah because I feel like everyone can feel what she means when she says there's something breathing down my yeah. neck like you always know there's someone stood behind you even if they don't make a noise yeah. so to turn around that there'd be nothing there the whispering kind of thing that's another thing breathing down yeah yeah a human's breath and also a murmuring kind of whisper that maybe doesn't make sense and you can't understand it but you swear that somebody's just done something that they have whispered yeah. in your ear and as you turn around there is nothing there you're there's nothing there yeah oh, okay very very creepy yes definitely <laughs> so normally this is where we kind of put it to a finish yeah, okay. but if you want to keep going I mean, Orla's just woken up, but <laughs> she slept for a little bit. If you bit. want a last story, I can go for a last story. But it's only a very short one. and we can, yeah, yeah, should we go for one okay. more? A little bonus content? A little bit of bonus content, <laughs> a little bonus story. And this is to do with you lovely ladies in the NHS. Bonus content with Steve and Jess. And... So this is in the late 1990s, and this was sent in by a guy who lives in Dublin. And there was a, a bad crash in the late 1990s on the main motorway in Dublin, the M50. And at the time, there were no barriers separating the north and south sides. So the crash involved the speeding car hitting a low point in the road at junction M3. Uh, and it's still there today, this dangerous dipping low point at the same junction. But the car lost control, went from the northbound side to the southbound side. 
the driver hit another car head-on. He and the driver of the other car died on impact, but there was a girl in the other car who was removed and sent to the local hospital. Now, much later in the day, a nurse friend of this guy was called, uh, was calling a lift with a porter, and this porter walked up beside her. The lift door opened and they both walked inside. She pressed the first floor button, him the second floor. The lift went down, not up. Now, most likely because somebody had called the lift, and when it reached the basement, the door opened and stood at the door was a little girl. And she motioned toward the lift, but the porter put his hand out and said, you can't come with us, you have to stay here. The porter pressed the button and the lift doors closed. My friend, the nurse, asked the porter, did he know the little girl? And his reply was, no, she was involved in that car crash earlier today. My friend asked again, how did he know she had to stay in the basement? And he replied, because I personally wheeled her into the morgue 30 minutes ago. Oh, my God. And with that, I bid you all farewell. Oh, <laughs> great. I'm not going to sleep tonight now. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, <laughs> I don't know what will. That petrified me when I sat here reading that. Oh, my God. Although, very, very good way to deal with a ghost, especially a child ghost, is say, no, you can't come with us. You've got to stay here. I... Like, I think I would have just screamed in that situation. I'd have been that nurse. I would have clawed my way out that lift and made my own way up the lift shaft to get out. There is no way. I would have been like, nope. That really... (laughs) Hell no. That that really... It really got to me, that one did. And I had lots yeah. of comments and emails saying, oh, my God, what, what, was the, what was the name of the hospital? But the guy said, look, I, you know, I, I don't want the woman's name because she yeah, still works at the hospital. Yeah, and you, you have to be respectful yeah. of that. So, but, yeah, that's a very creepy one. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I've walked past the morgue at our hospital because that's how you get places without being seen by the public um (laughs) which i do on occasion um and obviously it is colder than the rest of the hospital um for obvious reasons but it is just that little bit creepier i think again as you said it is it's the basement it's the cold not that i've ever seen anything down there but it is it, just that little bit creepier than the rest of the building. Yeah, I mean, it's, as far as as far as people saying, "Oh, well, you're going to be automatically primed now because you're in a basement, yeah. because it's the morgue, because it because it's a hospital." But when you have an experience like that, yeah, that's you know, and I I don't I don't believe in people always being primed for things. You know, you can have the most skeptical person go into a house or go into um, an everyday building. I've got a great a great listener story about a museum curator who had absolutely no belief in the paranormal, complete 100% sceptic, but was 100% yeah. certain that an 18th century maid had walked past him when there was nobody in the museum in period dress and was pulling the door that he was trying to open to close him in, to shut him in a room. Oh, my God. And he was 100% certain that he'd seen her. But he he, he does yeah. not believe in ghosts, but he has no rational explanation as to what he saw. For no. that, yeah. I mean, one of the creepiest ones that we've had is um, actually my father-in-law sent one in 
because he's very much like, well, I, d- I don't believe in ghosts, but this one this one time this thing happened yeah. to me. And he'd basically helped an old lady into her flat um, because she lived in one of the big like basements in um, centre of town, obviously, so downstairs. We helped her downstairs. Yeah. And he said he went back to check on her the next day to check that she was okay. And um, the basement was completely boarded up and oh, hadn't been no. lived in. Yeah. <laughs> so he was That's like, don't know who I helped is. in. Yeah. It's like, don't know who I helped and where. And he was like, and he was doing like building work around there as yeah. well. So he was like, I knew it was the same place. He's like, it wasn't that I'd got the wrong door. He was like, it was, I knew it was the exact same place and it just didn't exist the next yeah, day. Yeah, that's ultra creepy. That's kind of, that's yeah. weird kind of time slip stroke ghost yeah. story stroke. Um, I suppose strange entity, really. That's 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 very, yeah. very, that's very frightening. That's very scary. Yeah. Yeah, he said he went into the flat and everything and next day it was completely boarded up. That just... So he doesn't know how he did it. Baffles the mind. <laughs> I know. Absolutely <laughs> baffles the mind. Crazy, yeah, that, isn't that's, it? that's very, very strange. Very strange. God, yeah. I feel like everyone's got some nice bonus content this has been an amazing episode for me i hope you've enjoyed I've absolutely co-hosting. Yeah, I've, I've loved it jess I, I can't thank you enough for asking me and i really hope everything's okay with claudia oh, and oh. uh again if you guys yeah. ever need help in the future just give me a share i've got tons of oh, ghostly thank you very stuff much. to share yeah thank you very much um for agreeing to come no, on not at all no and, problem um, at all yeah, so if any of our listeners want to check you out, it's Haunted UK Podcast. And I I listen to you on Spotify, but I'm assuming you're on every every platform. Yeah, we're on, I'm on you know, most of the big platforms, but I get most of the traffic yeah. through, through, you know, through Spotify, as, as you say. Yeah. 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 And it's. Yeah, the, yeah that's what. That, same with us as well. Right. Um, I guess there's nothing left to say, but stay spooky. <laughs> Hey guys, if you have a ghost story or a case suggestion, please email us truecrimecovinpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at truecrimecovin or on Instagram and Facebook where we are at truecrimecovinpod. Also, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could rate us wherever you're listening to this right now, be it Spotify, Apple Music, or if you're on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up click that bell get notifications every time we post subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from make these two witches smile (laughs) (laughs) thanks witches sorry simon